I've heard others say that if it were called catching, they might be more willing to do it. Because there's nothing like that feeling when you're out on the boat or along the lake and you start catching some fish, right? You start reeling them in. There's something fun about catching fish. But for some people, it's not called catching. It's called fishing. And that's all you do is fish and fish. And there's no catching involved. Anybody ever have a day like that? Disciples did. And I want you to realize, as Luke tells the story, that uh, they hadn't caught a thing. I don't want you to have in your mind that they were out on one Sunday morning fishing. Uh, I want you to have in your mind that these fishermen were working. Fishing was their livelihood. Fishing was how they ate, was how they made money. So can you imagine working all day and not catching a thing, which meant no food and no money for the day. That's how it was for these disciples, these would-be disciples. And as Luke tells the story, they are out in their boats along the sea to cleaning their nets. And I imagine uh, cleaning their nets took up a lot of their time. When we look at the kinds of nets that were available to them, how big they were, the fact that there were two boats, it's been said that these fishermen would have spent a lot of their time cleaning their nets. You have to make sure it's cleaned right. You have to make sure it's dried correctly. And they were doing that. And as they were along the shore of the lake, they noticed there's a mob coming around. And I imagine them wondering, what in the world is going on over there? And as they're cleaning their nets, they notice that the mob is getting closer and getting closer. And then they notice this guy, Jesus, around them. Now, I'll just give you what I know about being a preacher. I can tell when people don't want to see their preacher in the supermarket. Oh, he's going to ask me about, oh, he, I can tell. And I kind of wonder if it's the same for Jesus and Peter. Oh, turn around so he doesn't see us. Let's ignore him because I got this work I need to do. I don't need the preacher interrupting me right now, but it's hard to ignore Jesus when he calls you out. Mom gets closer to Peter and the others, and Jesus steps into the boat. I guess when you're the Savior of the world, you can kind of do that thing, right? Just step into somebody's boat and say, Hey, I need you to bring me out a little bit. Okay. We did. As he brought him out, Jesus begins to teach this mob of people because that's what they wanted. They had been circling around Jesus, asking him to teach us the word of God, teach us what it means to love God, teach us what it means to follow God. So he went out into the water. That's exactly what he did. Now, friends, this is what I know about church folk. We don't much like to sit up here in the front row, do we, at all? I've always thought about putting... Um, out-of-order signs on these right here because nobody sits there anyway. But can you imagine then sitting in the same boat at the feet of Jesus when you've already tried to ignore him, listening to everything he has to say? Peter did. Jesus was teaching and teaching and he finally tells him, hey, we're not eating anything today. I'm done. You guys go home. 
looks at Peter. He says, man, I want you to throw your nets out. Jesus, I know you just came up and everything, but we've been fishing all night, brother, and we ain't caught a thing. And really, I think Peter was trying to be nice. I think what he really meant to say was, man, I just got finished spending all this time cleaning these nets, and you want me to throw them back in the water? Yet, if you tell me to, I will. The most amazing thing pulls those nets back in after doing that so many times throughout the night and catching nothing the biggest catch he's ever imagined his wildest dream is now in his boat so much so that he begins to sink so much so that he's got to yell at everybody else on the shore his co-workers hey you need to get out here and help me because <laughs> fish in my life Something holy, maybe? Something awe-inspiring about that moment that Peter recognizes. Because as he's trying to put all the fish in the boat, as he's calling out to his co-workers to do the same, he looks at Jesus and he says, you need to get away from here. I am a sinner. You don't, I don't belong to be in your presence. I am a sinner. Jesus says, oh, I knew that. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, right there, I think it's important for us, especially here today, to notice a couple of things about this story so far. A couple of things that are important for us as we consider our discipleship emphasis today. And that first thing is, people want to know what God has to say I know there are people who are against religion. I, I know all that conversation, but I, I want to suggest to you that there are people, so many people who are dealing with so many kinds of burdens, financial and otherwise. So many people who are trying to figure out how to raise their kids, how to do the right thing. So many people who want to live a productive life, who want to do good in their lives, and they want to know what God has to say about the mob that followed Jesus, that's what they wanted. They wanted him to teach them about the word of God. Show us what it means to live a life after God. And I think the same is still true today. People want to know what God has to say about their life. As some have suggested before, everybody loves God. They just don't know it yet. Everybody wants to know what God has to say. Another thing we realize is God wants to tell them how they can have peace, how they can have wholeness. God wants them to know how they can have this life full of joy and blessing and peace. God wants to tell them. Jesus didn't say, y'all need to get out of here because you know, I'm on my vacation day. He didn't shoo the people away. In fact, I see Jesus walking around with this mob of people around him looking. Let's see, there's a small hill over there. I could go up there. could come up. I got it. I get in these boats. Get into the water. And people will be able to see me and hear me better. That's what I mean. Because 
want to show people what their life could be. And the third thing I think we see in that story, important for us, is that Jesus looks around. He looks for the hill. Maybe he thinks of a place that they could all walk to that would be more conducive to having that kind of teaching moment. But he looks around and he sees a boat. I can use that boat. So people can hear me. I think it's that part of the story where you and I come in today. Because I wonder if Christ were able to look around this congregation, what would he find that could help him to have people here? Would he find a boat? Would he find a faith? Would he find resources? Would he find a desire to serve? Would he find teachers? Would he find planners? Would he find people who are visionaries? Would he find people who are good with finances? Would he find people who can work with their hands? Would he find people who could give others rides? Could he find people who have something to help him show others what their life could be? friends, the answer to that question is yes, he would find those things. Because as I look around this congregation, I see people who have those very gifts. And so many more I know I don't even know about. Sometimes though we think, you know, yeah, God's work, church, ministry. I'm not worthy. I'm a sinner. There's no way I am not worthy to which God says, yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't ask you for your word. Do not be afraid, Jesus told Peter. He says three powerful words. From now on. I've been a kid before, and I've heard those words told to me a couple of times. Maybe you have too. But what Jesus was saying, I know who you are. I know what you can do. I know how you can work. I know how you can make a difference. And from now on, I will make you fishers. From now on. And Luke tells us that Simon and the others dropped everything and took Jesus up. And those three words, I think, should mean a whole lot for us here today, friends. From now on. Tap your neighbor and tell him, from now on. Go ahead. From now on, the things that you're good at, that nobody else seems to be able to do or want to do, the things that you find joy in doing, the things that people call on you to do for them because they can't do it for themselves, don't know how. The things that bring you the most joy as you work through them in life, the things that you do that seem so easy from now on, 
Those are the kinds of things God can use so that others can hear of how their life can be. From now. You know, in the church, there's plenty of things we see that we, we know that people can be a part of, and sometimes we just don't realize. We think, yeah, the church can't use me. The church doesn't have anything. I'm not even good at anything. <laughs> don't believe that. You know, in the church, we have, we have websites to be done. We have newsletters to be written. We have uh, guests that we want to follow up with. We have things that need to be done around the building. We have service that needs to be done at food pantry. We have organization stuff. We need people to cast visions for us. We need people to hold us accountable. We need people to pray for us. Do I need to keep going? Do you understand? We need people to show us how to take care of our resources. We need people to show us how to take care of each other. Y'all with me? There is a lot that needs to be done in this church and in every church. And God has put you here. And from now on, if you and I use those gifts and those things that we are good at, people can know what God wants for their life. From now on, you and I can be about the work of God. I don't know about you. If I'm sitting where you are, I'm thinking, Amen. Because God wants to use this and this and what's in here for somebody else. So, we should pray. We should pray that uh, we would be open and willing to find out what our gifts are and commit those to doing God's work in ways that maybe we don't even know are possible. So as God's people, if that is your desire, let's pray together. Gracious God, we are thankful because it's not about who we are. It's not about the things that we've done wrong. It's about a trust in your power and what a faith in you can bring to this world. God, free us to see as we commit our lives to you, you can use us to bring joy and peace to other people. By the power of your Holy Spirit, God, may it be from now on. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen. Amen.